It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to a, a, a new edition of the uh, Round the Boards of Speedway podcast. Just with me this evening, Nathan. Um, I've got a guest on the show this evening, and I use the term special um, quite loosely in this instance, as uh, we talk today to uh, one Lewis Kerr about a crash uh, back in 2015, which uh, ultimately almost cost him his life. But I'm delighted to say he is with us today. Uh, Louis, how are we doing this evening? Yeah, very well, mate. Huh? Not too Good. bad. Good. It's great to hear. And... As I said, um, the point of this episode, and, and I approached Louis um, a little while back to ask him if he would be interested in doing this. Um, Louis, as he is, he's, he's always open to talking, and, and he was more than happy to get involved in this. Um, and I think it's important, Louis, before I, I go into the actual incident itself, that we highlight um, the after effects and just how dangerous Speedway is as a sport. We all know it's an entertainment um, for us as fans, but um, I think it's good that there's an understanding of what goes on when there is an injury involved, and especially a serious one like you had. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people don't know what goes on after an injury. You know, getting getting back on the bike, the rehab. Um, I think we all forget how dangerous it is at, at sometimes. You know, um, it's. Uh, yeah, what it does to your brain is is unbelievable. You know, the psychological side of, of speedway is, is mad. Yeah, so um just just for the just for the listeners, I'll recap um just the incident that we're talking about here. And it was on August the second, twenty fifteen, whilst riding for the Newcastle Diamonds in the Premier League fours at Peterborough, Louis was involved in a high speed crash with Josh Krashonek of Somerset in Heat Three of the final. Uh, Kerr was hit by the Australian rider and the impact propelled him through a fence surrounding the circuit into a metal gate. Um, I say, unfortunately, the incident was witnessed by uh, your parents, Louis, and uh, of course, your your wife, Jessie, who was five months pregnant with your first child, Cooper, at the time. Louis was treated trackside for over an hour before being airlifted to the Adderbrooks Hospital in Cambridge with severe head injuries. Um, At this point, the meeting was called off uh, with several riders in attendance reportedly left in tears. Louis was placed in an induced coma for three days before regaining consciousness and breathing on his own. Uh, And in fact, after two days, Louis was up and out of bed after regaining consciousness. And it was only 10 days after this crush at Peterborough. You were back home again, Louis. Um, 
when you read some of those details, um, I think the most astonishing part is the end. Um, and just the miracle recovery and how quick, um, I think at the time it was reported that you were almost like a medical, medical marvel. Um, yeah. how quick, how quickly you, um, responded and were out of hospital after being in a coma. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think I was the quickest out of Adambrooks, wasn't I, Jeff? Mm. I think I was, I was the well, quickest out of critical care, 10 days, I think it was. And I was, you know, I was kicking off and I was, I was climbing the walls in there and, you know, thought I was fine. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, you know, I've done all these tests in there and they don't, didn't go great, but I sort of somehow wangled my way through these tests and managed to get out and then didn't realise till I was home, you know, that I really wasn't fine at all. But, um, yeah, it sounds, it sounds mad when you just read that all out then. It's just, it's crazy. Is it like is it like a competitive edge that you've got? I mean, you've just described how the first thing that you said was you were the quickest one out of Adam Brooks. Is this is this a, a, an encapsulation of your your mental attitude and how competitive you are? That even that's almost like breaking breaking a record and something to aim for. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I had an interview this week and we were on about injuries and stuff, and I think that does come into it. You know, I, I you know, when I broke my legs, you know, I was like, no, I'm cutting these off. I can beat this, you know, and all that sort of. Um, so, I think maybe, yeah, I want, I want to show people how quick I can get back on the bike and how quickly I can get fit and so potentially, yeah. And just moving on after that, it was, I think, it, the crash happened in August, uh, and you were back on a bike the following February, I believe. Yeah. Again, just incredible progress in such a short, short space of time. Yeah, I think um, clubs were a bit dubious with signing me because of obviously what I've been through. But um, I'd had a couple of good meetings at Ipswich that that previous year. <clears throat> so we went on a training camp for 10 days out in Italy and um, in Croatia and places like that. So that was that was good to get plenty of bike time. And um, But uh, yeah, it was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And if we just, if we just go back now and... Um... I think the the willingness to talk about this is probably down to the lack of memory. Um, so yeah. on that particular, do you remember any part of that day or what sort of memories do you have of that time? Was it, is there a week difference or a couple of days or? No, there's, there's a lot, a lot gone. I had three meetings leading up to that. I think I was at Coventry and Rye house and I can't remember any of those. Um, Lots of memory gone. I, I can, I can sort of remember where I was living now, but at the time, when I came out of hospital, um, we yeah, were rent, we yeah, yeah, we were renting a little place in Heacham, and I, I couldn't remember living there, and we'd lived there three years. Um, so we were at the time currently trying to buy our first house. So because I was so I was sort of a bit frightened. Really, it was horrible. You know, I didn't know where why I was living there and. So we moved out of there back to my parents and, until all the mortgage stuff went through. <clears throat> um, but yeah, memory w- was well gone. And can you just describe to us the effects that the crash had on your everyday activities? I know um, we've read pieces about uh, having to learn to walk and simple things that we all take for granted, like using a knife and fork. But what sort of things did you have to to rehabilitate back to your normal um, self again? I think it was having conversations was hard, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Obviously, I couldn't go on my phone, but like, I remember having like, I had a speech therapy guy, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Um, things like that. You know, I couldn't even, I couldn't even get into the shower and sh wash myself. Like, I had to have this. Uh, what was it? An occupational guy, An wasn't occupational it? Therapy. Yeah, like it was. It was it was you crazy. Didn't know who the prime minister was and like what current? Yeah, I could. Yeah, I, I couldn't know what was going on in the world. Yeah, prime minister, things like that. It was, it was crazy, really. Like I said, walking, I had to do some walking upstairs. I remember that, um, and that that was tough. And then, like I said, these simple sense sentences that I just couldn't wrap my head around. Um, and then, obviously, over time, it just slowly come back. I was on my phone for a month, five weeks, maybe. Um, just couldn't make it all out. It was all jumbled up. And and then obviously, on top of that, the headaches were relentless every four hours. If I didn't keep up on top of my tablets, it was like a migraine every four hours. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty tough. How frustrating is it at, at that point not being able to do the simple things like stringing sentences together or, or not knowing who a prime minister? How, how did you overcome that? I can't. I can't remember to be honest. I was in. I was in a fortunate position, you know. At the time, we um, we didn't have any kids. Um, I could live with my parents. Um, the GoFundMe that set up, you know, that went crazy. So I had no no worries in life, and you know, I've managed to just sit back um, and just focus on um, on getting better. So. It was just time, really. It was frustrating, obviously, but you know, with Jesse driving me everywhere and things like that, it was it was hard. Awesome. And just talking about Jesse, and I know um, she's in the background, um, but she didn't want to be involved in in this today. <laughs> but um, obviously, with your your mum and dad um, being in attendance, um, Jesse being in attendance as well, what sort of effect did it have on them as well? I suppose, in many respects, it's it's easier for you not having yeah. that memories but th those guys have, have got the lasting images of that memory. yeah i always i always say that you know it was a lot easier for me because if it was you know roles reversed and i saw jesse in a coma or well, it'd have been um horrendous but um yeah i don't know my mum and dad don't really come anymore don't they can't fade they they love my dad absolutely loves speedway but can't stand it at the same time um so they they don't come much, and Jessie struggles now with the kids, but she does love coming. But um, you yeah, kind of just have to crack on. Yeah, you do. You have to. Yeah, you do you have, have to, to have just... that mentality, or you just like what? Like he's so lucky that. Yeah. Yeah, it could. You have what? to have that mentality. Yeah, it could always be so much worse, couldn't it? So. Um, but yeah, it was a lot easier for me, definitely. Hmm. I remember when you when you first come out of just talking about the family again when you first come come out of the coma um uh, there was you had a you had a cuddle with jesse um and you touched the bump yeah uh, and said his yeah. name so th that must have been a relief for the family as well knowing that you, you'd come through this and you still had your memory there and you knew what was going on yeah yeah massive i think it's a shame i would like to have just been on this because you know the, the things that the doctors were telling her that I would probably be like and yeah I mean, she must have been petrified because she didn't know if I was going to wake up and I was going to be an absolute you know cabbage you know I, they told her the worst um 
and then um i think when i when i touched the belly and said cooper's name she sort of think well i think things might be okay so um one of the can you hear me yeah yep yep i can hear you jess um one of the crazy thing was is um like you know my dad he was often at um addenbrooks at that unit um for work stuff and his own dad ended up on there when he got hit by a motorbike and i can remember him pulling me aside on day one of louis being in the coma and he said he he basically said to me look like jess no one comes out here okay you need to like accept that i've never like in his whole career seen anyone come out of here all right and you kind of need to face reality and stop being filled with hope so although that sounds really negative that that just shows how rare sort of louis case was do you know what i mean mm. I mean, it's frightening. It's frightening what could it's have happened. Mad. Um, and yeah. It's just brilliant that you're back. Um, do, do you still suffer any effects? No, to, this, to this day, is crazy. 100% clean bill of health. Yeah, yeah. I never never had one side effect. And I think, I don't think I have. Jesse might say different. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I, um, no, I, I don't. And normally there is something that comes out of it um and i don't and keep going yeah. no i saw an interview um while i was doing some research I was, I was watching an interview um and you were talking about a comeback i think it was with itv news at the time and, yeah. and when, when they mentioned about a comeback there was no hesitation in your voice um what, <laughs> what were the conversations like between you and jesse about a comeback I don't think we ever had a conversation about not no, about I... stopping. I think well, I can't remember one. I, I just things, no, there wasn't ever one. Things there were going good out. at the time. You know, it was a freak accident as such. Um, yeah, we we never had that conversation, and, and um, you know, I, I'd only been into my professional career a couple of seasons, and it was it was on the up as it is, and. You know, I wanted to see where I could go, really. It's amazing, really, that you, a conversation never happened, to be honest. I think, <laughs> I think most people would be considering knocking it out. You, you look at uh, recent ones with certainly Thomas Jorgensen, for instance, who, who broke his uh, back at the end of last season. Um, yeah. He had uh, hesitations about coming back. So, again, yeah. is that a lot to do with the mental side and how mentally strong you are? Yeah, possibly. I mean... The only time I've had thoughts is when I done when I broke both of my legs at King's Inn. You were probably there, I'm, I'm sure, that night. Yeah. And it was only three years after my head injury, and, and I remember being in the ambulance with Jesse and being like, "I just, I can't. I'm done because I just can't believe something as big as this has happened again." And it wasn't my fault again. You know, you got I got knocked off again. But then, you know, a couple of days goes past and. Them thoughts went, and I wanted to crack on again. Do you do these thoughts ever happen during a meeting? Now, do you have any trepidation about going? I don't know, back to Peterborough, for example, or or going into a meeting, or is it just a case that you've erased? Well, not erased it all; it's all been erased for you, essentially. But you just don't no fear, really. No, I don't. I don't think of other things at all anymore. If anything, every season I seem to be getting. My bike was getting harder and getting better at passing, and it, you know. But 
you know that that's maybe a few years of you know not having major injuries you know i've done collarbone in the last couple of years and then and things like that but um yeah every season i seem to be getting a bit of a tougher rider which is good definitely and going back to to that time you you joined newcastle in 2013 um alongside uh ludwig Lindner and richie warrell and stuart robson to name but a few um You'd, as you mentioned about you, you'd had a senior career. You'd had a few guest appearances for for Plymouth, Somerset, and and Leicester in 2012, and you were named in the Leicester team, but you turned that down because you were given a because you were doubling up with Lewis Blackbird. You were yeah. given a permanent role with Newcastle, and so you had you were into your third season at Newcastle. And just, were you was this a point that you were really enjoying your speedway because you were consistently scoring above it, around a seven and a half point average at that point. And for somebody in such an early stages of their career, you it, it really looked like it was on the up. Yeah, so <clears throat> 2013, my first year was, I think the whole team was doing good. So I managed to stay at reserve all season on like a seven-point average. It was it was perfect for me. So we we done that. And then 14, we had the draft system. And I, and I had a great season there. And then went to, yeah, Newcastle 15, started number three, went to number one. So it was, it was, you know, like I said before, it was, it was going on the up, and then, um, and obviously we had the crash, and I think that's a lot of it why I wanted to, the conversation with me and Jesse never happened to be honest. Is there any relevance in the following year after the crash, twenty sixteen? You let you moved to Ipswich in the um, Premier League at the time, yep. and Lakeside um, in the Elite League, but I think that was partly due to the draft system. Um, yeah. So there was no relevance in just wanting a clean start at that point, or was it just a case of of having to move on? Um, the Ipswich thing was a little bit of a clean, a clean sort of having a clean start. Really, I'd I'd, I'd had such a good meeting there for Newcastle uh, in fifteen, um, and I felt like at the time I wanted a, a break away from uh, Kings Lynn, and they were both riding on the same nights at the time, so. I went to Ipswich and we had some some pretty bad machinery problems uh, first half of the season. Um, ended up being dropped by Ipswich and then uh, changed my equipment, went to Scunthorpe and, and ended the second half of the season pretty good. And But it was always like a comeback season, really. You know, I didn't put any, any massive targets or you know anything like that i just wanted to get back racing score some decent points and then and we've done that in the second half and again how how long was it a case of that you were straight into it in 2016 um and there was no nervousness or or was there an element of nerves involved as you come to the tapes for the first no time? I, I there was i do remember my first meeting it was at ipswich really really cold dark night it was horrible uh, pretty wet but I did get heat winning there. I don't know what I scored. Six or seven points, maybe. I'll have to have a look back. But, um, oh, yeah, I was over the moon with that. Of course. And if we can, I just want to go back again to to being in, in a coma and probably a lot of questions that a lot of people want to ask, um, but probably Dan, I don't know. But uh, were you in any way conscious of your time being in a coma? No, no, because I always, it sounds crazy, but I always say to Jesse, if I'd have died, I'd have had no idea. You know, I, I was out of it completely, you know. So, um, 
I think they say you you can be a bit like mm. that, can't you? But I always say to you that you know, yeah. If I'd have gone, it it it'd be a nice way to go because I, I I didn't know a thing, so mm. um. I don't know whether when I when I touched Cooper's belly was I in the coma or not. And they were reducing it. They were reducing um, the comas. I don't know at that point. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I, I I have flashbacks and think that I remember doing that, rubbing her belly and saying Cooper's name, but she thinks I'm saying it just because of what I've been told. But I seem to think I remember. He doesn't doing know that. what we had for dinner last night, so he definitely won't remember. <laughs> 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 oh dear! Yeah. And, and what did it what did it feel like when you finally woke up out of that coma? I suppose it's it's just like is it is it just like waking up from a normal sleep? In many respects, if you're, <clears throat> if you're totally out of it, yeah, because I felt fine. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't do anything other else to my body. You know, um, I can't remember how I felt. Um, I suppose I didn't really know what was going on. To be honest, then, no, you were so confused. Yeah, like, yeah, proper confused. Yeah, honestly. and then one had to tell me what I'd done and what happened, and um, but uh, it was very, it was really emotional, like mm. for you, you, you were so scared and confused. Yeah, I suppose it was I difficult suppose, yeah. to just understand what was going on. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, tubes you know, coming out of you. Exactly, tubes coming out of me. You wake up and um. Someone says you've been in a coma for three days. It's, it's pretty, pretty frightening, really. So, but I can't really remember now. I mean, it's eight years now. Is it eight years? I think. Yeah, so. eight years. That'll be yes. Yeah, so it's just gone eight years. So that'll be nine years next season. Yeah, it's seems crazy. long. It seems. It seems like yeah. yesterday in many respects, but it seems so uh, long exactly. ago as well. Yeah, yeah. So, what, do you? What do you think was is the biggest misconceptions that um, people have about comas? like that you know to be untrue like you, you just said that you were totally out of it there was no conscious state so you had no subconscious memories or dreams whilst you were in a coma and because I, we, we talk about people tell you to to talk to your loved ones when they're in a coma because they can hear what you're saying is is that just yeah. absolutely incorrect I don't, I don't, or is it just I a case of you don't know yeah exactly it could be that i, I really don't know i think Potentially, because I, honestly, I, I still feel like I remember rubbing her belly, and I, I'm adamant I, that's what I did. And I was slowly coming out of the coma then. But Jesse seems to think. But oh. there, there was one point in the coma where my brother and cousin came running into the relatives' room, and you'd done something. Put, put my I, thumb up to him or something. You'd done like, like some a gesture that you'd always do. Okay, yeah. and. Yeah, I didn't, well, it sounds crazy, but I didn't believe them. But they were obviously not going to lie, are they? So that was really weird, because mm. that was like day two into it, wasn't it? Yeah, but other than that, yeah, you, you, you're just in the, the best sleep ever. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had to change any behaviours drastically <coughs> as a result of being in the coma? Any behaviour? Yeah, is it, or just a case of carry on as, as it always was? Yeah. I, I suppose I can add on to that. Have, have your life priorities changed since you fully recovered as well? Um, no. I don't think so. Just do things as I always did, I think. Don't I? I think. 
obviously. And so yeah, and obviously the longer life it, changes so quick, doesn't it? The longer it goes, it, every year it goes on. It obviously you forget what it was, what it what it was like. But I mean, I, I remember going back to to visit the um, critical care place, and I just couldn't get over that I was one of these patients. You know, it was unbelievable, and they can they couldn't believe. I was standing there talking to them yeah. all and they were just like gobsmacked you know mm. I wanted to go back and thank them all and things like that you see and, um, but I just couldn't, couldn't get over that I was was in there not too long ago Do you have a different outlook on life now or is it again is it just still the same as it's always been for you? No I think we we live life don't we because it's like yeah, I think no one knows You just don't know what's around the corner like. And I know everyone says, everyone says that when you've been through it you really do not know so i think you know if i'm happy racing it's what i love to do it's going to keep going and if i'm getting better every year then happy days really mm. so for you what was what was <coughs> harder was it returning from being in the coma or is it something less drastic than that like the two broken legs that you mentioned previously for you yeah. mentally which which one is tougher to to come back from um i think the legs was was pretty bad um obviously the, the recovery was they were so different but the recovery with the legs i couldn't obviously walk for four months we had like a, a heat wave which didn't help um and it was just tough just doing that a second time around it was really really hard hard work um whereas i looked absolutely fine with with my head it was just yeah it was i don't know get getting the i don't know how to explain they're so different aren't they but that the legs were yeah. definitely definitely harder to come back from and just one last thing on the crash itself have you ever seen the crash back or do you just never want to see it i've I don't think anyone actually got it. That I've seen the video of Josh hitting me. Yeah. And then you see me sort of just speed up straight. But I, I haven't seen any video anywhere of me hitting the fence. I don't know if you have. I don't, no, I don't no, I haven't seen one. I've seen probably the same video that you've got. Yeah, I don't think there is one. Which is probably for the best of you. Yeah, honest, I think, so. yeah, probably. I mean, it happened so fast that I don't think the camera, the camera sort of caught the collision and then i've gone off and it was that quick it just couldn't catch up mm. and so we're now talking about after the crash itself and you've been a keen component of the speedway riders benevolent fund and you you tend to always ride when availability is good for you yeah um, in the meeting so just how important was the speedway riders benevolent fund not only at that time but through other injuries as well and what sort of support yeah, what no, level that, of support do they offer I mean that that with with my head was incredible. Obviously, I think we had got in contact with Jesse like straight away that evening. Yeah, and and sent some money over to Jesse. Accommodation, yeah, you know, are they sort of accommodation? Incredible. Everything was like that evening, and then there was a a monthly payment they done, didn't they? I mean, they yeah. they were great. Um, they were absolutely amazing. Yeah, you know so. You know, I've obviously do the meetings for them and, and the collections through the season. Then I've also done a couple of golf days for them. And, um, but uh, no, but it's not just my head. They've, they've helped me with my legs, the collar, you know, everything. 
you know they've been they've been straight there to help me it's very similar to uh, something i'd heard something that happened this season someone had had a crash and they they were straight on it in terms of being the same day they were putting up a family in a hotel um, yeah it might have even been someone like jacob hooker i think it was um but is financially if you're not riding you're not earning any money so it's sort of that shows the importance of people donating to this as well whether it be at yeah. the tracks or through various <laughs> other ways like competitions massively yeah i mean i forget they stephanie bab did tell me their their uh their yearly outgoings and it was it was crazy you know with the people that they they helped from years ago still you know it was bad so these collections you know they're fantastic and, and the benevolent fund as well um more than happy to do that and you know, it gets me out on my bike as well before the season starts yeah of course and moving on then and, and you've got yourself back into speedway you've you've gone into 2016 joined new clubs uh and, and you've almost moved on and you've you've had i suppose a vast array of clubs moving forward after that but as you've mentioned you've you you appear to have become a much harder rider um is this because you've moved outside of a comfort zone uh, and when i say that i mean when you you've left kings lynn um you've moved away and is is that and that seems to have been where the change is yeah potentially you know you get in a you do get in a rut um and i got in that rut with kings lynn with you know it being so grippy that I found it I found it a bit frightening when it was that grippy to pass and get that close to people. And I know a lot of riders feel the same as that, you know. Um and I think I have a mentality with Kings Inn. I, I seem to take that everywhere else since I've got away. Um, you know, on on the tracks that aren't as grippy as Kings Inn. Um it's just brought my confidence on. You know, I feel like I can I can get close to people, you know, ride uh closer to him um and yeah possibly yeah i mean you've sort of not been given the fair crack of the whip here we, we had a conversation some time ago um you were sacked for not being too good or you sorry you were sacked for not being good enough and then you were dropped for being too good essentially there's yeah. there's just no middle ground between um where you've got to be and with the, no. the premiership and the championship now is it would appear that they've come further apart with the, with the points limits going up and down and you yourself you move on to Berwick this season as a number one um, and in a potentially a slightly weaker league that might bring <laughs> you on as well yeah definitely um, I'm looking forward to being number one I think um, that'll bring me on you know I want to be the best I think that's something I'll enjoy you know wanting to be the best rider in, in the team and um and then obviously the, the the Premiership. I haven't seen a bad looking team yet, to be honest. I think it's going to be a real tough league. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I start a reserve, so so it's, it's looking good down at Oxford. So uh, enjoy, looking forward to that. Yeah, and I think that just highlights the strength uh, of the league when someone like yourself is down at reserve. Um, and if you look at some of the other reserves in that Premiership, um, th there's not many of of your calibre at that position. So that's something where you're trying to make heat to your own. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, try and um, 
try and get um, you know heat two under my belt with a win and then work off that and hopefully have seven rides every meeting that'd be nice yeah, and of course, Oxford have um, built a new Premiership team this year. Uh, return of Magic Yanovsky coming to these shores. Are you are you looking forward to riding with Magic? Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's just great for British Speedway, isn't it? You know, all these top lads back. Um, I remember obviously watching Magic when he was at Lynn. I think I just started. Was it two thousand twelve? Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, sort of National League sort of early days. So. Yes, I've never had anything to do with him, but he seems like a good lad, and um, and obviously the rest, the rest of them, I know really well and good friends with. So it's it's great at Oxford, you know. Obviously, I know a lot about it from this year, um, and it won't be no different in the Premiership. So it's going to be good. Of course, I think uh, what everyone hopes for more than anything—not just yourself, but a lot of riders—an injury-free season. Um, we were talking on the podcast, not, not, me, Rob, and Kane were about. We don't know if it's if it's just because we highlight it a bit more now, but there seems to have been more injuries recently. Um, and last season, it seemed to highlight it a little bit more. I don't know if it felt like there was more injuries no, during the season, but I thought the same thing. To be honest, I don't know. I don't know. Bikes are getting so fast, aren't they? That's yeah. that, that is the problem. I, I don't know what to say really. If the bike fast racing doesn't make good racing, does it? So it's like mm. I, I think. Um, going forward, I don't know. You need to make the bike slower, maybe track slicker, and you'd get better racing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think there was there was a lot of injuries this year. Um, I I done my collarbone and I can well. I say I had a good season. The season, I think we we worked it out with how many weeks I was off and with my collarbone. Uh, I had a bad concussion. And then I banged my knee at Berwick. I was off two months. And it's like, it's a long time, you know, in a short season, isn't it? Two months. It's like, you don't think of it at the time. You think, oh, it's just a concussion, a couple of weeks out, and then you do your leg, and that's a couple of weeks out, and then your collarbone. So it was another two months off this season. But, um, is, it, is a concussion now more alarming to you based on the crash that you had in 2015, or is it just a case of just treat it as any normal injury yeah no i do treat it as just a normal injury to be honest i probably shouldn't i mean this one was it was that crash at, um oxford you know when i went straight yeah. up really yeah it was that one and straight away i was fine and then i got back in the pits and i was a bit and i thought now i need to try and try and get around this because i've got a busy week um and i went to see the paramedic and um yeah, she won't have none of it. She was. So I was obviously. It's quite obvious I was <clears throat> concussed. So, but they didn't actually sign me out. I'm not sure how it worked. So I tried to appeal it with Neil Vatcher, but he um there was no way around it. So I, mm. I missed quite a few meetings and stuff. Um. But yeah, I do treat it like a normal injury, but I mean, it's not good. I mean, with, with what in my head, the amount of concussions I've had, it's obviously it's not great. The amount of injuries you've had. Just stay on yeah. the bike this year, Louis. Oh, please. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, just as a just as a final thing, and I hope that the people that have been listening to this have, have got an understanding of where you were uh, back in 2015, and and highlight how dangerous this sport is. And we've seen a rise on social media um, of 
comments and backlash and I, I understand and i'm sure you do as well that everyone's entitled to an opinion whether it be positive or negative if we all had a positive opinion it'd be a boring world but I, this surely must highlight just how dangerous this sport is and highlight to everyone this is this is this is an entertainment essentially but there's more to it than just entertaining us yeah i think I think, you know, including myself, we, we all do forget how dangerous it is, you know, um, you forget, how fast it is. Not, not that you can forget, but whilst you're riding, do you, when the adrenaline kicks in, do you just forget how dangerous it is? I suppose you oh, can't go into a yeah. race thinking, I might hurt myself here. No, that's, that's the word. You might as well pull off the track if you think that. So, no, you never. I've never thought any any, <clears throat> any of those uh, thoughts to be honest um i'm just thinking first thing is to make the start and then and then we work from there but um yeah the the moment i start thinking things like that then i think it's time to hang the old suit up but you still got that positive attitude and still a few more years left in the tank yep yeah absolutely as long as i'm enjoying it you know and um earning a few quid then it sounds good to me perfect perfect well that pretty much wraps up what i wanted to talk to you about this evening and i want to thank you for coming on and it's it's a pleasure Thank having you on the show this is the third time louis has been on the show i know you're an avid follower of the show and i you're am an avid mate, follower of you um obviously <laughs> me and yourself have been friends for a while so uh, it was yeah. it was a difficult time for everybody back then and we're just delighted that you're still here with us now in that and that i mean that in the nicest way possible and and, and still riding, still enjoying your speed, Wayne. Although you're, you're no longer with my side anymore, um, you're still one of my <laughs> favourites. You have to be. So you're a local boy. So um, well, I wish you I wish you all the best for, for 2024. I, w- I will be coming, actually. Um, <laughs> Kings Lynn Ride at Oxford yeah. on the C- Cardiff weekend. April time? No, oh, uh, there's, yeah, there's another one in August. So I'm coming out, down and I'm hoping the pairs will be at Oxford on the Friday night as well. So I'm coming but, down for a three-day... Three day bender, I think. So it's same. <laughs> oh, not from riding. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that'll be Thursday, Oxford. Friday yep. pairs. Yeah. Cool. And then and then Saturday Cardiff. That'll be great. That'll Two be nights. a good few days. Yeah. So I'll, at some point I'll be well. I'll see you down at Lynn as well, of course. And yeah. Um, um, I hope you have a good season with Berwick. Berwick is still to name uh, their full seven at the moment. You've got three riders in place, but obviously Oxford have got their full team in place now. But um, yeah, great to talk to you tonight. Um, wish you all Cheers, the best mate. and um, uh, hopefully an injury-free season. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it, mate. No worries. Thank you very have much, Louis. And you. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye, mate. Bye, mate. Well, um, that that was my interview with Lewis Kerr this evening. Um, delighted to say that we're still able to talk to him. And I, if anything, I just wanted to highlight to to everybody that's listening, and, I, and I'm I'm going to reiterate and repeat myself, but just how dangerous this sport is. Um, we can all have opinions, um, but let's know when not to take it too far, um, and let's not make personal um, at people on the social media platforms. But um, for tonight, obviously, I said we would be back in February. Um, this is my special edition with Louis Kerr. 
um, this evening. Next week, um, Rob and Kane will be back our, with our Christmas special. So we're looking forward to that one. There'll be some quizzes involved in that one and uh, we'll have some more guests on the show as well. But uh, for tonight, thank you very much and we'll speak to you later. Goodbye. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.